Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, editorial director here at QSR Magazine. And so this week, we are going to jump into the world of a vegan fast casual, which I think, as, as you'll hear as we get into this, the flexitarian diet and just sort of capitalizing on what's happening in that space is an ever-evolving debate. A lot of brands are trying to get into it. We just had news about a week ago about McDonald's kind of dropping out of their test of the McPlant. And we'll talk maybe a little bit about what's happening overall, but Karen Stutz, CEO of Native Foods is with us. And she's got a very long history in the restaurant industry. For those of you unaware, came over from Red Robin, had a lot of casual dining experience before that, you know, Brinker, Applebee's. And uh, I'll give Karen a second here to, in case to correct me if I'm wrong, but um, also McAllister's Deli and some focus brand things. So Karen, first of all, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate the time. And if you want to just tell everybody a little bit about the brand, about yourself, and we'll go from there. Well, thanks, Danny. I know we've been trying to get together for a while, so I'm glad we finally had the opportunity to connect. And, you know, congrats on your successes as well. Uh, It's nice to see you step up into this role. It's Gosh, it's been well over a year now, I guess. But um, Yeah, yeah, just about that. Well, thank, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was a year, like a month ago. I don't know. Yeah. It's time has uh, stopped working as it used to. I feel like in this <laughs> pandemic world. Yeah, the world is is a bit different now. But uh, you know, I, I'm ha- happy to come here, and, and thanks for the opportunity to to share a little bit about Native Foods. Uh, you know, again, we're a 100% plant based restaurant. We've been around since 1994. So the chef who founded this was really way ahead of her time. And uh, the original location was in Palm Springs. And, uh, you know, honestly, uh, from everything that we've learned about the, the beginning of the brand was really more about compassion for animals. And, uh, you know, I, we always say that uh, Native Foods, that uh, we were plant-based before plant-based was cool, you know. So, uh, uh, but it's come a long way in, in some respects. And I think that's really a fun part of the dialogue that we can continue to have, you know, just based on your first comments today about uh, uh, McDonald's uh, having another unsuccessful test with a a plant-based burger. Yeah, you know, my daughter yesterday actually asked me if we eat pigs, you know, like, piggies, are we eating them? And I was like, ah. (laughs) Makes you think, doesn't it? (laughs) No, I wasn't. I wasn't really sure how to answer. I just kind of changed the subject for now. She's only three, so I feel like we'll breach that topic in life at some point. But you know, it's just um, <laughs> that day was coming. I was thinking, uh, you know, because she doesn't understand. And then I think a lot of a lot of that is just awareness. So, so yeah. But you know, what's kind of interesting too, Karen. I think you know, if you want to tell people, you studied food and nutrition in college. You know, and really, so this was a bit of a coming back to your roots in terms of, you know, where your passion and where your, a lot of your knowledge was from and, you know, much different, you know, from working at, you know, Red Robin, <laughs> you know, just in terms of, of course, they're a, a big burger chain. So, I mean, how has that really played into you coming over to Native Foods and, and just really getting kind of to embrace this movement? Yeah, I think there were, you know, a few things that uh, really impacted my decision to, to come to Native Foods. Uh, you know, I've been in the restaurant business when I want to say five decades, right? So I'm towards the end of my career. And I think if you've looked at my career, I've somewhat followed the growth, right? QSR, casual dining, and then fast casual. And uh, and really, that's where I, I still I think a lot of the growth is, is yet to come. Uh, but plant-based, uh, you know, everything you read in the last three to four or five years or so 
when you looked at any of the top trends, what was there plant-based, right? And how does that move forward? And, uh, you know, I think Native Foods actually has the answer. It's simply great tasting food. Take out the fact that it's plant-based, right? No animal products, no animal byproducts, 100% plant-based, but the food is delicious. And I think that's how plant-based ultimately wins the day. Um, and, and I would say, you know, when you when you look back at how long people have talking about, uh, you know, being a vegan, right? I mean, it, it dates back many, many, many years and centuries, I think, ago, where people just ate plant-based foods. But if you look at any type of survey today, Danny, and ask, you know, what percentage of the U.S. population is vegan, uh, any survey, survey you're going to look at, you're going to get anywhere between three to six percent of people saying that they're vegan maybe another five or so percent saying they're strictly vegetarian. Uh, but then a larger population is saying I'm more flexitarian. When you look at, you know, how people are listing diets these days, Mediterranean diet often comes up as the number one healthy diet, but the flexitarian diet kind of follows suit uh, coming right behind that. And I don't know if you've uh, spent much time talking about flexitarian. I mentioned to somebody I was I was with yesterday, I said, I'm going to uh, be talking to you about flexitarians. And they're like, what's a flexitarian? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I, yeah. I hear it a lot. I mean, I, was, I guess it's kind of the world I live in of restaurants. But it, it, that word has come up, I would say, even more in the last two years than I probably ever heard it before. True. I think I've always probably been a flexitarian. Never been all that interested in meat. Uh, but you know, uh, but I, I have to admit cheese is, is many people who are on the road to becoming vegan struggle with, with cheese and the cheeses out there in the vegan world are getting so much better. Uh, but you know, not, not quite the real thing yet, but they're, they're really getting there. And, uh, so, uh, again, that, that flexitarian, that, that person who doesn't look at meat having to be the center of their plate is really our target audience. Think about a brand. You can't live off of three to 6% of the population, right? So you have to have food that's so darn good that anybody wants to come in and try it and make it part of their routine. You know, I, I think that's such a good point about it tasting good, although it sounds obvious. The truth is I feel like a lot of this movement in the last uh, uh, three to four years, really ever since you had kind of the big quote unquote fake meat companies coming out that it was really almost marketed like, go try this and be amazed at how much it might taste like meat, <laughs> you know, you know, and then you eat it and you're like, okay, that was kind of interesting, but it was actually, you know, not as good. And I don't know that I would order it again. And I feel like that's sort of the impasse we find in that space right now. And probably what McDonald's ran into to a degree is that there was a, an element of trial to the product, but maybe not frequency. And, and it wasn't just a lot to it beyond, you know, the initial burst, but you know, you all, from from what I understand, you have kind of a signature burger patty. It's something that you're doing on your own. And I mean, how are you approaching, you know, just kind of this idea of taking, you know, something that people eat normally as a meat product and giving it to them as a vegetarian product or vegan product, you know, and having it sort of live up to that expectation? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, and look, I used to think that way. I was, when I was at Red Robin, we were actually testing the two the big burgers you just mentioned, Beyond and Impossible, uh, trying to decide which one was going to be best for uh, for the brand at the time. You know, I had my own personal hypotheses, I think, at the time, whether it's true or not. And look, I think both companies have probably somewhat adjusted their formulas over the time. 
uh, since we did that testing. But, you know, my belief was if you're cooking it on flame, you go with impossible. And if you cooked it on a flat top, you'd go with beyond. Uh, and if you think about it, Burger King, Red Robin, right, went to impossible and uh, some of the flat yeah. tops went to beyond. Uh, and but, you know, and they're, they're two different, uh, two different kind of products. Uh, you know, the, the beyond is, I think, more of a pea protein and uh, I think it's gluten free. And, you know, they have a lot of uh, a lot of different types of attributes. But look, they're both fine products. When you think about it, you know, sometimes I think you feel like uh, I think when people used to talk about being vegan, right, it's like taking things away. When you talk about plant based, it's like adding something new to your diet. And I think yeah. that's the way you have to think about it. what's better than a meal that you can go pick fresh out of your garden, right? And that's all that's on your, that's what's on your plate when you're plant-based, just good, fresh food. And uh, I think that's the magic and that's where the marketing needs to go. Uh, I, there was a little bit, I think, of mystique. And I think our guest told us loud and clear, we don't want that product because it came out as it's made in a lab, you know, and yeah. so people start to think about what are the ingredients. But I, I think if you look at the ingredients in some of those, uh, those products, um, you know, they're, they're really pretty darn good. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot of marketing, but, and, and I think both of those products are going to be successful for a long time. Uh, we don't use them because we've been more chef crafted, but I will tell you the innovation in plant-based, uh, you know, products that are coming out right now, we have to look at those, uh, those products that are coming out because they are so incredibly good. There's a lot of money out there with a lot of these organizations that are getting huge investments to to make really good products and if they're the best one out there then we need to be serving it so we are we are looking at a lot of the things and moving away from some of just the all in-house uh, chef crafted proteins yeah you know the the national restaurant association show this year to me uh it was just that was pretty much the only thing happening on the on the food side it was basically taking up that entire hall um, and everything kind of, some of it was, you know, really off the wall from, you know, some of the kind of plant-based seafood things that were happening to salmon hot dogs to, uh, which of course is not a non-meat product, but, you know, and then there was just a lot of plant-based chicken all over the place. I mean, that really is the thing that I felt like I ate the most of there and some of it was good and some of it wasn't. Um but, you know, to the broader point here, I think what you're saying is true. I, I do think that that's what's coming. And I think consumers want to eat the way that Native Foods is serving them. It's just that, you know, historically, especially in quick service, I, I feel like it has been a case of you feel like you were giving something up, like you mentioned. So, I mean, just just talk about, you know, from, from your consumer's perspective, I imagine it's the opposite, you know, because they could come now and if they want to eat in this world, they have so much choice here and there's... You know, I'm looking at the menu right now and flavor wise, you know, it's as robust as any, you know, full service chain menu might be. So, I mean, is that really where it starts is just by giving people, you know, choice and the fact that they can sort of learn that they don't have to, you know, compensate to eat healthy if they want? Yeah, I I think so. And, and you know, let, let, let's just address that one head on, too, about plant based dining being more healthy, right? It, it yeah. certainly can. Look, a plant-based diet, there's no cholesterol, high in fiber, right? Those are the two key things. And often when we see somebody come to our restaurant for the first time, you can always tell the first timer because they have no idea what to order, right? Uh, and and our, our teams and the restaurants do such a fabulous job making people comfortable. 
uh, with some of the choices, but it's often after they've been to a visit with a cardiologist or somebody that's saying, you know, you probably need to think about eating differently. So again, that health component is sometimes the first catalyst where we'll see somebody, uh, you know, walk in our door. However, restaurants, I mean, look, we've both been in this business for a long time. Restaurants sell what people will buy. And I remember coming to, uh, to Native Foods, and I'm, I'm about three years there right now. And the first thing I looked at, just from a healthy perspective, and one of the things you talk about uh, plant-based foods, it can typically be high in sodium, right? I mean, salt tastes great. We, we all know that. The first thing I did was come in and take 25% of the sodium out of all of our products. And honestly, I think it tastes better. Uh, you know, sometimes it, uh, you, you just miss those type of things, but we, we did that. We also went through, look, you know, Whole Foods or Panera or one of the nutritional institutes. They all have their, uh, you know, their list of where they would talk about clean labeling. We went through all of our ingredients to make sure that we really serve clean label products. So from a nutritious standpoint, that's what we offer. We, I, every time we'll, like, we'll do a, another menu tasting for the quarter. We do a seasonal menu each quarter. And Sandra uh, Toom, who's our director of marketing, you know, always go, okay, let's put a great salad on there. And then she'll give me the, you know, she's the sweetest person, but she will just kind of give me that look like, okay, here comes Karen again, because I always want to say, let's put more healthy things on the menu. She goes, we can do it, but it won't sell. And what I have yeah. learned here at Native Foods is that, again, the our guests that come in say, Karen, when you go to those meat restaurants, we have to eat salads. When we come to your restaurant, we're going to indulge. And so we find ourselves really squarely in the niche of vegan comfort foods. And, and we're, we're, we're okay with that. Yes, we do have some healthy things on the menu. But uh, for the most part, when people come to our restaurants, they do choose to indulge. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely see that on here. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, it's kind of a very interesting concept. But, you know, I, I think that that's a, an element that makes a lot of sense for people. Because to your point, you know, I think we eat salads when we're trying to eat salads. But, you know, if we want to kind of dive into a different type of diet, you know, this is, this is a good and interesting place to start. You know, I'd rather have garlic parm fries, probably. <laughs> than, uh, than, than, you know, what's True. what's out there. So but a lot of people don't, you know, you started off talking about what you call the, the, the fake meats or the faux meats, uh, you know, and I mean, ours is a is a kind of a combination of a, of a mushroom, uh, vital wheat gluten uh, combination with ours. But I'm always on the lookout for even a better burger, to be honest with you. I don't know that we have the best burger out there yet. I think that innovation is yet to come. Uh, but you know, I, again, I, like you said at the restaurant show, there are some chicken products out there that are fantastic, uh, that, that we're super excited about as well. But a lot of people don't come in for the fake meats. They're really going to go with the more vegetable forward, uh, that the, the, uh, the, uh, uh the chickpea, uh, cauliflower shawarma bowl that we have there. It, right. It's yeah. fabulous. It's about 650 calories. And, uh, it's, it's, it, I honestly, it's two meals for me. Uh, but you know, you get your protein from the quinoa and from the, the chickpea and, uh, you've got a complete protein. And that's one of the big myths I think about plant-based dieting. People always ask me, can I get enough protein? Absolutely. There's several grains, nuts, and, you know, legumes and lentils and things that you can get, uh, you know, a complete protein meal without an animal product. Right. And speaking about the brand and flexitarian, all things we've been discussing, have you seen a little bit of a, 
an uptick in the interest in this in the last year or so? Because I think we went through this kind of, you know, COVID phase early on where everyone ordered pizza four times a week. <laughs> at, least, at least that's what the sales were telling us and what people were, you know, saying. And a lot of that was just driven by who had delivery and who did we, who were we comfortable getting delivery from? And then also, yeah, I guess there was this idea of, you know, let me have something I'm familiar with and suddenly a very chaotic universe. But it does seem to me, at least, you know, I know people were this way who are now kind of emerging back into the world and they're like okay you know maybe this 30 pounds i put on during lockdowns needs to come off or i got to get back to being healthier thinking the way i was before all of this happened so i mean has that started to i mean have you noticed that at all i mean i imagine native foods probably had a pretty you know good core base to begin with that held tight throughout it all but i mean have new people come in i mean is that something that has been trackable at all Sure. You know, we, we definitely see new people and, you know, we all have loyalty programs. You, you get to see uh, very quickly a, a combination or some type of calculations and data on first time guests. So that, that does, uh, that does give us some insight that we definitely have new people trying, you know, before we talked a little bit about uh, health being catalyst why people come in. Uh, but, you know, second is, is the, is the environment, right. And people are thinking more and more about the planet. So if you yeah. see like all a lot of news right now, you know, on the climate control and, uh, you know, environmental, uh, you know, factors and things like that, you start to see people that maybe had that conversation at home and come in and try a, a plant-based meal. And then the third is your three-year-old daughter that says, dad, <laughs> right. you really eat these sweet little animals, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that education is starting relatively young for that compassion for, for all living things. And so... You know, a lot of times people come in just uh, for that reason. Those are the top three reasons we see new guests come in. Yeah, you know, I've long kind of thought that the longevity, or at least from a marketing standpoint of, again, the quote-unquote fake meat, they don't don't really like being called that. (laughs) That's why I keep putting quotes on it. Um, But, you know, the idea of it being better for the planet to me has maybe felt like it had longer legs and better for you just in terms of how maybe they position it to somebody who says, you know, I'm worried about that. And, you know, then talking up that sort of angle of it. And I think that's a real thing. It's, uh, you know, we just did an issue entirely dedicated to climate, you know, and that was the first time we did that. And it was interesting getting some people to talk about it. <laughs> you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of some harder to talk about topics like diversity, where everyone needs to be aware of it, but they're not too interested in being told they're doing a bad job at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I think, it's, you know, sustainability and things like that. I mean, are, are you all really pushing that message? Is it something that's happening beyond just the menu itself? I mean, just talking kind of about the restaurant industry as a whole, you know, where do you think we're headed, you know, on all those topics? Because they do feel like they're they're getting a lot more important as generations, you know, younger generations come into the spending patterns and what have you. Yeah, look, we, I think we've all, uh, you know, followed the, the up and coming generations and they've certainly been better stewards of the planet, uh, you know, than, than we were. Uh, and, and I think just that because there's more knowledge out there, uh, you know, look, I, I believe that there's, there is a climate crisis out there. You know, I, I, I really do see, we all seeing the shift in weather patterns and, and those type of changes. And, you know, I, and I think this is what's weird about the world right now, Danny, is, you know, for nobody wants to believe science or nobody wants to believe 
anybody's facts anymore, right? It's there's mm -hmm. so many darn opinions out there that to me it's not worth getting in the middle of the argument. And I think each person has to look individually and what they want to do to be a better person or a better steward of the environment, uh, and and just a little more kinder to one another. And uh, I think that's the role we try to take at Native Foods. We're not here to judge anybody, but we're here to welcome you and let you come in and try something new that maybe you haven't had. And when you leave, you feel like, you know what, that was a great meal. I think I'll come back. And, you know, like I said, one night I might have a, a you know, chicken, one night I might have a beef dinner. And then, you know, maybe Wednesdays I'm gonna have plants and, and, uh, and make that part of the routine. And that's what we hope for, you know, to continue to bring people along uh, that it becomes part of their routine. And, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to change someone's diet that they've held a certain belief for a long time, right? Like, yeah. if, you know, if it's how many people are saying, you, you, you know, you just can't eat meat anymore. Um, but, you know, the more I'm around it and the more respect I have for people that are, you know, true vegans, it is a very difficult journey, I think. Much easier today than it was because there's... So, you, like you said, you saw what you saw at the restaurant show. There's just aisles now in grocery stores, you know, dedicated to plant-based. So it is definitely much easier, but, um, you know, it's still, it's still not uh, an easy journey. Uh, but uh, I get a little closer, you know, all the time. I'm, I'm pretty close to vegetarian at this point. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I feel good. I, I really do. I feel good eating better. Yeah, I uh, vegan has always been a hard sell for me just because of dessert. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I know you can have vegan desserts. I've had them before, but it's just that to me is not quite the same, you know. And the cheese to your earlier point. Yeah. I, I definitely could go vegetarian a lot easier. But um, you know, it's uh, you know, your your point about information is kind of interesting because we talk about that a lot here. But there was a point in time, maybe 15 years ago, where media companies could tell people what they should be care about. <laughs> but now, to your point, you could believe any crazy thing you want to believe about anything, and then you could go find other crazy people who believe about that crazy thing, and then you could never leave that world if you want. Right. You can get newsletters, you could get Facebook groups, you can get Reddit threads, and before you know it, you know, you'll know you think not only is the world flat, but I know 50 other people who think the world is flat and now I'm part of the world is flat Facebook group and you can just continue to reinforce yourself. Um, and that's, what's become really hard about getting messages across. You know, we're a little different of course, cause we're talking about restaurants and, you know, fast food. It's not quite the uh, political vacuum or whatever, but still it's true. You know, you have to kind of live in a world where people get the information they want. That's what's really changed. But, you know, we, we saw the divisiveness through through the pandemic, right? We had every restaurant was faced with, the, you know, the mask policies and having to be the, the mask police or the markets that we were in, the vaccination police, right? Where people yeah. couldn't dine in. And that puts our team members in a, in a pretty precarious uh, position when you get the people that are there to prove a point, right? When, when it's totally out of the restaurant's control. And uh, gosh, again, just such respect for our, are people who continue to choose to be kind and, uh, uh, you know, do our very best to try to serve some some really challenging guests. Good news is 99.9% .9 of people who come to restaurants every day are fabulous. <laughs> so those are the ones we just have to focus on. Yeah. So what? how many units is Native Foods now up to? 
we have 12. Uh, hopefully we're going to build a couple of more this year. We've got, uh, we're working on two leases right now. So uh, hope to add, uh, add to that and continue to be a, a growth company in this segment. Yeah. So talk about the, uh, the markets where, you know, you've, you've kind of been sticking, of course, in California and makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm looking at the map right here. I guess these are also in, looks like no, Illinois, Colorado. Yeah. Colorado is so, a, a really good market for us right now. So I think our first thought is let's try to penetrate the markets that we're in. Uh, so we're, we've, uh, I, maybe I'll have it today. The, uh, we're going to sign a lease in Fort Collins, uh, will be our okay. next location. Uh, as we try to round out that market. Uh, so we're, we're excited about uh, uh, continuing to grow there. Uh, California as well is a, is a good market for us. And then, you know, obviously right now we're Chicago based, but our ownership group is in St. Louis and they've been so excited to get a restaurant down there. Uh, and our, our chef, who's uh, Chris Berkey, who's been a chef for, uh, uh, well, he's been vegan for 27 years. And, you know, he, we, we love about Chris and he's St. Louis based. So we're going to put a restaurant down there and he's got uh, a beautiful following of, of uh, people that have known him for quite some time in that market. But uh, he just, he's, I remember when he came in uh, to, to interview and he could just take ingredients and just put it together in a bowl, you know, I, and we, we're like, I cannot tell it's not the real thing. He just yeah. has the magic touch but he likes clean, simple ingredients, like you know, five items, no more. Uh, and uh, he's just brilliant, a brilliant vegan chef. And so we're going to put a restaurant in St. Louis, too. Yeah, so for people who aren't familiar with Chris, uh, he's kind of, I guess you would call him a little, you know, he's a little bit famous for, you know, he had opened this Utah station in St. Louis where you were taking kind of these fast food famous items and making them plant-based, like he <laughs> was doing this uh, this Big Mac Um you know, thing uh, he spelled it differently. Um, and then he had Jack in the box. I remember with the tacos. Um, so, you know, it's, so it's kind of amazing that you've, you, you, know, you found this guy because he's really, he's really perfect for, for what you hired him to do. I mean, I don't know that there could have been a better conceptual person to come in and, and take that job. So I give you kudos because I know how hard it is to hire people. We're in the process of trying to do that ourselves. So, the yeah. fact that you found someone who was, you know, making fast food items uh, into the space and brought them in to do that full time is pretty awesome. You know, he's just a fun guy. Uh, you know, we always laugh because we're, I've always say, you know, like I'm G rated and he's like, he's from a rock band. Right. So, <laughs> uh, and so musical talent, but just one heck of a good guy. Uh, and, you know, boy, you talk about compassion for animals, uh, you know, all the work that he does with, you know, animals and, uh, animal shelters and, and things like that too. He lives our mission hundred percent, but our, our whole team does. Uh, we just got uh, just great uh, managers who really believe in it. And uh, you know, just, they, they come in every day, just want to make the world a better place. And uh, uh, I couldn't have landed at a, at a, a more beautiful organization uh, towards the end of my career, I would say. Uh, yeah. You're still young. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel it. I'll tell you what, I think if anybody in the restaurant business these last couple of years didn't uh, say, you know, whoa, this has been more challenging than ever. Uh, I want to meet that person. But, uh, you know, the restaurant people, we, we are a nimble group of people that just find a way forward. And uh, yes, I, I agree. never do anything else. So what, uh, really quickly, just on a side here, I mean, what do you think of, uh, 
of what's you know kind of a state of casual dying these days. I know you've got a really unique perspective, having spent a lot of time in there. To me personally, you know, I think the pandemic helped it a little bit. Um, definitely in the case of just sort of you know paring down menus a little bit and becoming more focused. I think that was the categories struggles there in the early two thousands. They got a little too broad, you know, and a little too much to every person out there. And that ended up becoming somewhat un- unrecognizable to people who had been dining there for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to Bob Evans about that. And I was like, people love Bob Evans, but then they walked in and it wasn't Bob Evans anymore. And then they got to come back to their core. And that, that was sort of the, I think that, and then led to my point, I think COVID might've actually helped them even come further back. You know, I'm sure they wouldn't say that was a fun couple of years, but <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, just quickly, like, what do you what do you think of that space? I mean, is it got kind of an opportunity here, maybe? You know, I I think so. Look, I you know, and I, I I can simply just talk about you know what has been a structural shift in in dining anyway. Uh, I, you know, I look going into the pandemic, I want to say we were probably about forty six percent of our business was off premise, and that's that's fairly common, and it could have been even higher because we're more of an urban brand. Uh, you know, that number is a lot lower in, in casual dining. I remember even back in my Applebee's days when someone came in and asked for an order to go. And I'm like, what? You would take food to go, you know, from a casual dining restaurant? And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, when you look at that business, it's, you know, it's obviously changed. Catering, I think, is, is helping that, uh, you know, that, uh, that segment with, the, with casual dining. But, you know, I think people will come back. But now you have to make the experience worth it, right? And I'm, one of the boards that I'm on, it's it's called uh, Kura Sushi. Have you heard of that one, Kura Revolving Sushi? Yeah, yeah. The they went public, I guess, three years ago, maybe something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. they've 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 uh, they've done incredibly well. A, a great leadership team, and uh, but it's an experience, right? When you go in there, and uh, and that's what's winning the day. I think you know if you've got to make sure that it, it's a great experience and. You know, you you feel like uh, I want to spend my time there versus in front of the television watching, you know, uh, uh, binging a Netflix series. So, you know, I miss that. We, you know, we were in the three states that we're in. We're pretty uh, restrictive. You know, we actually believe there was a pandemic. Uh, so in the states that yeah, we're yeah. in, so, you know, California, <laughs> Illinois, uh, we had dining rooms closed over a year. Right. So. When that happens, uh, it does change the way people think about the business. We're probably about 30% dine-in right now. That's it. So we still have 70% off-premise, and that's a, a combination of, uh, you know, delivery, takeout, third party. So uh, it, I think it's going to take a little while to come back. But I don't know. Things are somewhat cyclical in the business. And eventually, I think we've got to get our faces out of our phones and just be face-to-face again. It, it's gonna get uh, yeah i hope so gosh me too <laughs> yeah i try to have that rule at my dinner table um just but yeah it's uh, yeah we'll see when my daughter turns like eight she probably won't listen to that at all right now she <laughs> yeah. obviously doesn't care she's three but <laughs> but yeah no I, I i totally agree i mean it's it's so interesting i mean takeout people it's like we don't remember this is, you know, eight, nine years ago, that just meant when you didn't finish your food at a casual dining restaurant and you just put it in a box to bring it home, that was pretty much it. That was it. <laughs> you know, and now, and now look at it, right. It's, uh, 
it's interesting to see where it goes. But, um, you know, Native Foods case, you know, if you want to just talk a little bit about the future, you know, I think the concept and the customers, it's pretty different from 1994, you know, just in terms of the amount of brands who are doing similar things, the awareness, the acceptance, the, you know, even what doctors might be telling us, you know, my, my brother just went through that. He had a he had a steak one night and then went to the doctor the very next day to get blood work. And they were like, your cholesterol is 700 times what it was last time you were here. You know, maybe let's do it again in a few days. And it was fine. But yeah. that really opened his eyes, though, to thinking like, wow, maybe I shouldn't eat steak every Friday. Yeah. Um, take care of ourselves, right? Yeah. So, so, where, so where do you think the brand goes from here? You know, I, I think there's a lot of room to grow. There's a lot of people to reach, you know, especially through all the digital means now and, and just everything that's out there. Sure. There's so much white space out there for, you know, for uh, plant-based restaurants. I think we're just in our infancy. I, I don't know how many there are. I think somewhere I read maybe there's only 14 or 1500. I could have that number totally wrong. Uh, yeah, sounds right. <laughs> number of restaurants <laughs> out there. Most of them are, you know, in the, uh, you know, the, what I hate to use that word mom and pop, but, you know, individual mm. owners. Uh, that are doing it. But it, again, it's starting to become a little bit more mainstream. And again, I think the more we focus on plant-based and adding things to your diet versus taking away, it starts to become more acceptable. The key is just really great tasting food. And then I think that opens the door to go, you know, to go anywhere. It's just, again, getting that initial trial. How do we get people to come in and, and try it for the first time and say, you know what, I would come back and have it again. That's on us to make sure that it's a great experience. But yeah, no, I, I think, you know, I think one of the one of the restaurant uh, magazines out there is doing something to try to find out, like, you know, who's going to be the first restaurant to be the national player in plant-based dining. I think that's a long way away. Um, you know, supply yeah. chain is a challenge with that, too, you know, so it's nice to kind of work within a market uh, that, that you're already in, uh, because some of the products are, you know, not what you're going to pick up at Cisco every day, right? So... <laughs> Uh, that, that makes it a little more challenging as well. Look, I, you know, our, our goal, we kind of set it internally a little bit, you know, to have, you know, try to get to 25 restaurants, you know, by, you know, 25 or so, uh, that would be a, a lovely goal for us. I'd love to see us be able to, to grow at that, uh, at that pace and then see where the future takes us. So I think if we can, uh, you know, prove our, our worth and, uh, you know, see some good solid sales and some good returns that uh, there's really no stopping us. Yeah, I saw that article too. And I, I do think we're probably pretty far away from someone accomplishing that. And I think that that's just, uh, I mean, I think you might get somebody who opens in every major city kind of situation or something like that, but going coast to coast and quote unquote national of like a, you know, one thing I've heard from brands over the years is they always say, like, we're going to become the McDonald's of healthy food. You know, so you always think, nah, you're probably not. <laughs> and, 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 may, and maybe you don't want to be, you know, because that, that's the thing, too, is that from a sourcing standpoint, a supply chain standpoint, you know, you don't want to dilute the thing that makes this category special. And so to me, it makes more sense that you would have a lot of regional players who are more to your, you know, 25 unit range. I think that makes more sense. And I think that's a good start. You know, I don't know that we need to crown anyone as being, you know, the next to a thousand locations or anything like that. Yeah, it, may, it may just not happen and that's okay. That's not on our radar screen right now. We just want to be really good at the first 25 and see where that takes us. And, you know, just uh, like I said, do our part to contribute to society and co contribute to communities and 
uh, you know, do our part to give people that option to come in and try something that they normally may not try. Yeah. And I, and I think I would rather, you know, these type of concepts worry about being great every opening than worrying about getting really big, really fast. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a fair way to look at it. You know, it's an interesting uh, uh, guest that, that comes into our restaurants as well. I think one of the things that I learned that was totally different, you know, we've all been in the world of LTOs, right, forever, trying a lot of different things. And gosh, even, you know, oh, wow, if it did 3% or 5% of sales, we're like, woohoo, that was a success. The, the vegan guest is so adventuresome. They will try any new thing that we put on the menu. And They'll let us know whether they love it or they don't. They'll give us a lot of feedback about it. But I will say that they are so creative and so willing to try new things that if we put something out new and it doesn't get 10%, I'm just, I'm almost disappointed. Uh, you know, and so it, that's uh, that's been kind of a one fun one thing. And that's why it's really important to us that we continue to have a great chef like Chris, who's so good at innovation and coming up with new items, um, uh, that that makes a big difference for our guests. Well, I imagine that guest is also just incredibly loyal, you know, more so than than trying to reel in a, a really big umbrella of people, you know, <laughs> because they they have been looking for what you're offering. They, you know? That's so true. They they are good. They give great feedback and they give great suggestions. You know, if they've tried a new product or something like that, they'll they'll tell us about that. You know, you may want to look into this brand or hey, have you tried this? Uh, you know, this new cheese or uh, you know, I mean, there's lots of talk out there with, you know, different proteins. We talked about pea protein, fava beans, you know, different things out there right now that, that they're all experimenting with at home, uh, that come to us with ideas too. So it's, it's a great partnership. We, we love our guests and, uh, um, we're just thrilled to be able to be in the marketplace and, uh, and be there for them too. Yeah. I was, I was having a conversation re recently with someone who was trying to transition their dog to a plant-based diet. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. But it just made me think, you know, this is, people are very passionate about this. Um, I don't know that the dog feels the same way. I'm sure he or she doesn't care and probably would rather not eat pea protein, <laughs> but whatever. Um, it's a dog. So, you know, yeah. strange times. Well, it's got to be in at any, and if you think every company has got to sit in a boardroom and somewhere there's a conversation on what do we do about plant-based, right? What, what do we do about it? Um, you know, do we sit it out? Do we wait? Do we put our foot in the water? You know, uh, and we've seen a lot of people come at it a lot of different ways, right? So I think most people come in with the idea that, um, well, it'll look good if we have it right? It's a great, easy sustainability message if I have something that's plant-based on there, but it might not appeal to everyone, right? It may not be so, why don't I put my foot halfway in and do uh, meat, but I'll put cheese on, uh, you know, a plant-based meat with cheese on it. And so I'm going to appeal to the, the flexitarian guest or the vegetarian guest. I, I think I would just go all in. If I was going to do it, I would just go all in. And then you know, if you're, if you're going to put a plant-based, then make it 100% plant-based. And I agree. I, agree. I, I don't know why we, we play around on the sides, because if you want anybody to buy it, that is going to be your first core customer. I agree. I, I think you either go after that person specifically more than you're trying to get someone to be adventurous who normally wouldn't eat that. That's right. just because they're, they're not going to eat it twice most of the time, if that's who they are. 
But if they are, to your earlier point, someone who that's how they diet, then they are going to come back and they're going to come back for more innovation because they trust you, Yeah, which is what this industry is all about. That is so true. That is so true. And I have trust, especially in the last couple of years, especially early on when, you know, you were wondering whether or not you could pass COVID to a bag. (laughs) (laughs) Glad those days are behind us. Gosh, Um, thank goodness. Yes. Well, well, Karen, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really insightful. Um, before I let you go, though, I just want to give you a second to, you know, if you anyone wants to reach here, you want to reach out or you just have kind of something you want to close on, um, just to let people know. Well, thanks. Yeah, look, I, I've been uh, in the industry forever, I think, and uh, could never imagine doing anything else. I, uh, If I could put a plug out for anything, we, we have a group called Gleam. Uh, it's the Global Leadership Enhancement and Mentorship Network. So it's gleamnetwork.net. And that was one of the things that came up through the pandemic, that we had the opportunity to match mentors and mentees in the industry. We've done over 300 pairings. Uh, it's at a, a, a nominal cost, $75, to get a mentor for six months. And uh, there's That's some nice. high C-level people in there that are donating their time to help bring people along in the industry. And we focus on one big thing, right? Just one big thing that you're working on your development. We will find a mentor for you uh, to really work on that. And, uh, you know, our thoughts are, is we want to make this industry an industry that people are incredibly proud of. Uh, I can't imagine where my life would have been had I not been in the food service industry. I'm kind of one of those individuals, I always say I've kind of lived the American dream uh, started out with, you know, relatively little means and uh, have uh, been blessed to have a lot of successes. So I would say I'm in my giving back years, Danny. So uh, I, you know, want to do the, all that I can. So if there's anybody that ever wanted to reach out, I'm at, you know, Karen.Stetz at uh, nativefoods.com or find me on any of the social media platforms or come see us at Gleam and, uh, and join us in trying to make the industry better. Cool. Yeah, no, that's a great thing. I think mentorship and, and doing that rags to riches type story in the restaurant industry is something we have to get better at because that is, this really, I mean, there are comparable industries, but I don't know of any that has that path from you can come in with, with nothing, with no background, no job resume, you know, no kind, no work history at all and really go from, you know, as we see these stories from delivering pizza to being CEO, I mean, that kind of stuff really does happen in the restaurant world and so yep there's a lot of us out here that's for yeah. sure yeah all right great karen well thank you again so much for everybody listening as always we appreciate it and we'll see you next time great to spend time with you Danny. thanks